0: is Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590
1: The Fan.
2: Yes, it is. Season 2, Episode 10. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick, and our trusted producer, Sammy McKee. According to my lineup, JB, (laughs) the Leafs lose... 3 2 to the lowly Arizona Coyotes. Since 2002, the Yotes have grabbed a point in every game in Toronto. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> so, so not you only. You didn't get a big Sammy today. Sammy, not only did you screw up the score on the. On my. Empty netter. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You forgot the empty netter. I
1: turned it off by then. Sorry. And
2: you can't spell. Toronto. Uh
1: yeah. My my
2: question to you to start this show is: Are you
1: okay? Well, I forgot that I was with Johnny journalist now, so <laughs> uh, old Kipper would have not noticed that, but now Johnny journalist, big Toronto, star columnist, you would have uh, you would you, you picked that one up in a hurry.
2: Uh, I in in my in my clips in my article every week, I may I may write about you, Sammy. <laughs> Uh, I'm a boy. Are, are what do you, you okay? Mean? Yeah, uh, I'm it's fine. Two-two. The Leafs are off to a slow start. I haven't had a chance to listen to other, including here on the at uh, the fan. I have not had a chance to to get a a feel for what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, is is Rome burning here yet? Yeah. Hey, it's at least on fire. I got to say the
3: greatest thing about how we do our show is we haven't talked about the game at all. We've been here for two hours. We have gone over the show's format, but every time a conversation starts, Kipper well, shuts it down. So
2: Yeah, and that's the beauty of our show is that uh, we have a general idea of how we topic, think. Topic, topic, topic. Just from getting to know you over the last year and a half or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. But I don't know necessarily what you, you think. And right off the bat, I can tell you... I, I somewhat disagree with you. At at 2-2, I I don't think Rome is burning just yet. But the Leafs, we never declared them as Stanley Cup favorites yet. Some people did. Rome is burning. (laughs) Who
1: said they were Stanley Cup favorites? Who is that?
2: Between Rome (laughs) Betting odds. Between Rome and is burning and, and the Leafs winning the Stanley Cup. Can't we find in the next little while where the truth kind of, and reality lies for this team?
3: Yeah, but I'm sick of finding the gray area. Why do we always have to find the
2: happy medium? No, Though it's not way. as good as you think. It's not as bad as you think. That sucked. <laughs> yes. That's, okay.
3: That sucked. And you know, I.
2: you haven't lost me yet. No, it has
3: sucked. It has sucked. And it's almost like if you tell a team for a whole season that nothing matters, but the playoffs, they'll act like nothing matters, but the playoffs, they could not have been less interested in that game. Other than yeah. skating around and collecting the two points. They were told they were going to be handed en route to the playoffs, which they also believe they're going to be handed a ticket to.
2: So you bring a good point. It's like, is the narrative, since the moment they lost out is nothing matters in the regular season. So they've started out as if nothing matters in the regular season. I think
1: so.
2: We're um, okay. You know, I really do. I feel like it's been. It's got to be more to that, though.
3: Well, I don't know. The whole talk, if they had come out 4-0, and do you think anyone outside of Toronto would go way to go? That's great. All you'd hear is, I'll oh, do it we, in the playoffs.
2: But but you'd also would have probably heard we beat teams that we're supposed to beat. That's true.
3: Yeah, you're coming out against Montreal, Ottawa, a Washington, Arizona. A
2: Washington team that uh, eighth is last year. missing their number one centerman. Yeah, and Tom Wilson. And Tom Wilson.
3: Yeah, So, and they were the eighth place team last year. So, yeah, it could not have been a more powder soft start to the schedule. And games like last night, I think Leafs fans are sick of seeing that. They're sick of going up against teams they're supposed to
1: beat and it looking way harder than it should look. I get the sense that to not to swear like Kipper would, but people are sick of this crap. Yeah. The sense I'm getting. I mean, you watched it last night, you heard it last night, the booze, they they were raining. How, how down. bad
2: were the booze
1: because I wasn't I, I, I wasn't down there, but I mean it, when it's when it's on TV and you're watching it, it, it sounded somewhat loud, no? And it's you yeah. got booed up the ice in the second period. And every power play they're getting booed because it looks like crap. I get the sense that people are sort of sick of this team, that they're sort of sick of looking at this team that hasn't won anything, and like Borny said before the show, act like they have won stuff. I just, I do sense a little bit of not not apathy, because apathy is a bad bad thing for Leaf fans. I think there's just a sense of, they just kind of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but they just don't like them. I feel That's like. what you're looking for. No, resentment is what yeah, I'm looking okay. for. They yeah, yeah. resent them. You're talking about a, a a pattern
2: or a trend that's been around this team for over 50 years. And I'm sorry, Sammy, but you're the leader of the pack. You're the first guy to say you love them. You're the first guy to
1: say they're going to win the Stanley Cup. And you're the first guy to kind of jump off the bandwagon right now. No, I'm not. Hey, did I say it was me? I'm just saying. That's the sense I get from people I talk to. Well, are people. you hating the team right now, Sammy? Listen. I don't like watching them play like that against crappy teams. <laughs> <laughs> Last night was not and a fun experience. The, the, the frustrating thing for me is is how damn good they looked when they knew they had to be good. Oh, I know. And you know what it reminded
3: me of is watching them against Columbus in that five-game series where Columbus packed it in, and the Leafs had the puck, and were the better team, and should have scored, and they just couldn't get the bounces and the goalies and yada yada. They haven't found a solution to their kryptonite, which is – Pack it in and defend. They had five shots in the first period. Everyone everyone talking about how much they had the hockey puck. They got five shots,
2: six, whatever it was. If we were to break the first four games into a number of categories, uh, net, defense, star players, uh, injuries, where would you go first? First. JB,
3: I go to where Sheldon Keefe went after the game star players. I don't think, you know, he Sheldon mentioned what should differentiate their team. And I don't want Austin. Matthews has one even strength point in four games against, you know, three powder puff teams from last year. Dennis Morgan has a shot on the season, four games, one shot playing on the second line with Tavares and Neelander. All
2: right, let's get right into uh, some Kippers Clippers here because uh, Sheldon obviously had a lot to say. Last night. Uh before we get to those elite players, do you want to get Sheldon's assessment of the game and what he saw and what he felt? That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Let's go to that.
4: Thought that we started well in the game. Uh had full control of the game, had the puck, I mean really the entire first period for the most part at five on five. Uh but but couldn't uh, couldn't get to the net. I mean it's a credit to Arizona I mean they packed it in they had five people on the inside blocking shots and defending their net so it was we we couldn't convert our offensive time offensive zone time into anything really tangible at the net Um, thought that we had a shift in there at uh, about six or seven minutes into the first period felt felt like we had the puck in the zone for about a minute and a half two minutes and uh, I thought that that shift sort of lulled us into uh, uh, lulled us to sleep. I, I just thought that from there it felt like we had full confidence that we were going to have real control of the game and we we're going to get lots of chances at it. So then I thought we, I thought we overhandled pucks. I thought we didn't get it to the net quick enough, and we allowed them to get inside the way they would defend the net. Uh, it was. It's a much different game than any of the other three that we've, that we've played in that first period because we had the puck so much. Um, it, it's a different type of game. You're always playing against their five players kind of standing on the inside. So it was, it's a challenge that we didn't adapt to well enough. And then I thought special teams, obviously an issue. And I thought as the game went on, they gained confidence in our team got frustrated and, and lost its way and couldn't, couldn't break through. So that's sort of my assessment.
2: Seems about right, no? Yeah, I think so. You know. What th- else did you get out of that comment?
3: The biggest thing I, I took away was the, the line about lulling themselves to sleep. Have you ever heard of a coach refer to a, a team doing that to themselves before? And by the way, I don't think he's wrong. It's just an interesting note about the Leafs that they got to have the puck so much and they love to have the puck. And they just kind of had it around the perimeter. They got to have it. Yeah. They I, thought
2: it was going to be easy. I, I did find that, um, I, I found that rather weird. It's like we were doing some great things, but those great things led to this bad thing happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so avoid the great thing so ev- you can avoid the bad thing. <laughs> yeah, like, no, you're right. I, I, I don't understand.
1: Yeah. Like, I think it speaks directly to the mindset so, of the team. And it's it's a microcosm of them. Well, right. Yes. It's this is with it's within it's the game. Easy, so,
2: see, I I I mean, it kind of his comment there is is something that you could just look at if you're in if you're a writer in the press box and just say after that shift it got bad. Mm-hmm. But I look at Sheldon. And I go, okay, it's one thing to, to talk about it in a post-game and then look back, you know, from your view of the whole game and say, that was a bit of a turning point. It seemed like we were in control and then we lost control.
3: Because we were in control.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't care why because. Okay. The most important thing is, is that it just stopped. Mm-hmm. So my my question to Sheldon at that point is after the game is when did you realize that you were being lulled to sleep mm-hmm. and what did you do about it? Did you only identify that you got lulled to sleep after the game or did you know during the game? And if you did, what did you do about it? Mm-hmm. Because I've been around a lot of bench bosses where You know, they've got a number of choices. One is to call a timeout. Imagine that, calling a timeout because you're in control. Number two is just to start laying into some guys. Yeah. Number three is to bench some people. Mm -hmm. But your job at that moment that you know, know that you're, you're starting to get lulled asleep is to stop it. Yeah. And to be in a position now as a head coach to identify then, not in a post-game com- uh, uh, comment, but in that moment. That's mm-hmm. what makes good bench bosses, is that you know what's going on and and what you can do to to change things up, to change that rhythm, to change that lack of momentum that you've obviously lost. I just saw a bunch of changes in the third period. I noticed the biggest one of, of all was Kerfoot up with Matthews and, and Marner, mm-hmm. but shouldn't we have seen some major like shuffles or decisions or uh, uh, give the team a chance to change things up in, in that first period mm-hmm. and, and not wait to the third. Do you think there's some fear on his
3: part of using all his bullets early Or wasting them against Arizona? You know, you already came out after Montreal and said, you know, unacceptable, not good enough, yada, yada. You know, you've seen Bunting pulled off that top line previously. Now you're in game four against Arizona. You have the puck the whole time. Do you want to pull out another bullet and say... But he did. In the postgame.
2: Oh, yeah. I think so? Oh, no. The biggest biggest bullet of them all is coming on his next um, Kippers clipper on elite players this is a major bullet have a listen
4: i mean i, I, I each game has it's like there's the montreal game which was just a debacle and how we played and and had no real pur- rhyme or reason or purpose to our game i thought we played two pretty good games in uh you know washington and ottawa and here tonight like i said this this game is its whole, own animal as well like, that that first period that you're playing there like it's such a different game than anything. Even in preseason, you don't play games like that where you have the puck that much. We didn't adapt. We didn't score special teams. So, um there an area to improve? I know there's a lot of areas to improve. You're only four games in, and the guys haven't found the rhythm. Our best people have not found the rhythm. So, maybe really look at it. The difference between us and Arizona is that we have elite players. And our elite players didn't play like elite players today. Didn't couldn't make a difference. So, in that sense, the game is going to be close. It's just that's the way it goes when those guys don't make the difference that that they can.
2: Did he just not say that we lost because of our elite players? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a that's a bullet that I wouldn't have used <laughs> four th- four games in.
1: You know, he's going His to – His gun is – he's got a loaded gun right now. He's firing off bullets early in this well, season. Well, yeah, until
3: your chambers are empty. It's – you know, I – I he has to address that in the dressing room, right? Like, he would have to say, you know, I mentioned into the media that our best guys weren't our best guys. You weren't. I think you would all would agree that, right? He has to address it. He can't just, like,
2: fire strays from the presser then come in the room and act like hey, he didn't. Here's where if I'm an elite player and we know who they are, right? Yes. I watch that game, and I go, if it's just us, I can, I can be a man about it. But when I watch Justin Hall have all the time in the world and cannot get a puck mm. out,
1: then it's just not elite players. It's not. It's not just. I, I agree. Scored, they scored two goals in the game, and who scored the goals? Right, it's Willie and Mitch. Yeah. Right.
2: It's just, it's more. There's
1: there's more
2: to but, just players. But you're above that, elite right? Players.
3: You're, you make all the money. You're the top guy. You play the most minutes. You're not expected to be the same as Justin Hall. You're held to a different standard than those guys. I don't for a second think they heard Sheldon say that, and then they went, well, he's got a point. He's right there. Like, I'm sure they're like, F this guy. You know, keep that to yourself. Talk to us directly. Don't need to do it in the media. I'm sure they think all that. But I, I just can't get the past, past the fact that he's not wrong. So is he not allowed to tell the truth about where things are at?
2: I look at uh, if we're going to look at the elite players. It wasn't. I think it was the last show. I said Tavares. I thought it's off to a decent start, a good start. Agreed. Yeah, Nylander's Nylander. He's, he's actually he's by Nylander old. standard. Good start. Marner had maybe. One bad game? Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's just been quiet, but he's been No, f- I think he's been okay. Yeah, I think that's... Marner's, it, I, I think he's actually been looking like Mitch Marner. He's, nah. he's set up a lot of guys.
3: You know, I, I've, we did our top 10 players in the NHL for Sportsnet, and like I, I had Mitch on my list. The you only, know, like, he doesn't look the, like that.
2: The only one that to me is way off right now is Austin Matthews. He definitely looks off. And by the way, I
3: know the analytics people right now. If anyone, if they listen to our show, they're going, oh, well, actually, when he's on the ice, you know, like 68% of shots are going the Leafs' way and he's had 21 attempts and all the numbers and stuff. You got to watch these games. You watch the games, he's, he's not been himself. If, he he uh, hasn't
2: controlled the play. He hasn't got inside. One goal in four games and it's there's a redirect. Yeah, it was a redirect. He right? did touch it. Yes. If you told me that he he'll go the rest of the season never going through a stretch of just scoring one goal in four games i I I'd probably believe you well there was a lot of talk about he did fifty and
3: fifty last year could he open up this year at fifteen and fifty he still could he's Austin awesome Matthews might score four on thursday
2: but but there's something about him that just does not look anywhere near where he's he's we've been accustomed to seeing him. This to me is the engagement level that comes with,
3: I don't want to say not taking the regular season seriously, but not prioritizing these games. I really think everyone was told regular season doesn't matter. Show us in playoffs. You look at the schedule. You have three of the four worst teams in the league from last year. You think you're going to get handed five, six points to start the year easily.
2: I would think he'd come in and go, "I'm, I'm up in my, my 60.
5: You think so?
2: Everybody's, that, every, no. everybody's talking about uh, he, he is the best goal scorer in the league. There yes. has to be a little bit of pressure there. How many Rockets, uh, 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 what's it, Rocket trophies? Yeah. Does Ovi have? Eight, eight, nine. eight, nine? Yeah. I mean, Matthews is the next.
3: And he still is. You know, like last year, I don't know what he had one
2: goal through however many but games. That or... doesn't kind of play into, I'm going to take a, a, a Oh, oh I'm going to sleepwalk yeah, through th- the I season. I don't
3: think he's like consciously not trying, but I just no, think that these guys no, haven't. I
2: don't think it's the trying thing. It's just he's he doesn't seem as engaged. And I don't know whether he made a conscious effort to be a little bit more physical. Has that thrown off? Anything no. at all on Here's him? what
3: it comes down to. If this team, this core, thinks it's going to be easy, they don't give their best effort. And not, again, it's not like a they're not trying thing. It's that they don't do the above and beyonds, fighting through to get to the inside, battling at the paint, being on top of the crease. There's another gear. Sammy mentioned the most frustrating thing to him last night was how good they looked when the game was about to end. When they needed three goals, two three goals, all of a sudden they're like,
1: "Goal goes in." They just are unstoppable. Right. It's well, where has that been? Right. For because unless they have to hit that nitrous, they don't want to
3: use it. They want to save it, and I don't blame them necessarily. But it's a trend with this team, and it's part of the reason they where does that come from? Playing Tampa Bay is that coaching entitlement of the young players who have been the players handed everything without anything.
2: I. I would like to see Sheldon hold individuals a little bit more accountable. He called out the elite players. You want to by name? Um or just I uh, just in game. Yeah. Better more in game. And at times he's p- pulls bunting off. You know, um Bunce has got an uphill fight this year. They've It's it's been well established right now. Like pre-season. And salary
3: suppression. We going to go, you, team. you
2: watch you watch the first couple of games, I would have been tempted to sit bunting out last night and, and put in Nick Robertson. To me, that would have been a, a good message. Love that. Malgi gets to stay in? Well, if you want to protect Malgin, <laughs> Malgin would have been the easy pick. Yeah. But I got a sense from listening to Sheldon the last couple of days that that Malgin's in because maybe... Kyle wants him in more than anything else just to kind of protect him, protect his training camp, protect his confidence.
3: This is the thing when he goes quiet, when he's not producing offensively, what are you going to get from him? And so far it's been nothing, you know? So we're going to get changes on Thursday. Presumably you don't lose to the coyotes. Then leave. he said as much. He did.
1: Yeah. There'll be changes for Thursday.
3: So you'll see Victor Mete. You'll see uh, Nick Robertson. I don't know if you'll see Wayne Simmons, but Abe Kubel played six minutes last night. So, I don't know. You want to put someone in? I think he could sit in the press box for a night.
2: Could be all three of them. What do you think? All right. Victor Mete should be in the lineup for no other reason than they don't have anybody else. But at least he'll add some speed to that blue line, which looks awfully slow to me.
3: Yeah. What did uh, you make of the unfortunate event there with Muzzin?
2: It it is what it is. Muzzin now is there's so much wear and tear on him that uh, this this changes the dynamic of of what they're thinking moving forward. It has to.
3: Mm-hmm. I you know I do worry about the man himself, like. Once you get to that point, we talked about Ryan Klo on the show. I don't know if we talked about uh, Andre Kasha getting hurt in Carolina in his first game, concussion. Um, yeah, we did. So, you know, is it going to get there with Muzzin where he can't take any sort of awkward contact?
2: Well, we did, did, we did hear from uh, Mitch Marner right. after the game talking about Jake Muzzin, and I certainly wouldn't have expected a comment like this uh, it is um, it is a huge reflection comment from Mitch Marner mm-hmm. on on Jake Muzzin that really gives us a sense of big picture here yeah. about his future. Let's have a listen.
4: Uh, I didn't see it either. I didn't get to watch a replay of it. I haven't seen him yet, but and like I've been saying a lot, um, that's that's probably my best friend on this team. Um, Simon, you know. It's outside of hockey. It's way bigger. Uh, he's got two unbelievable daughters, unbelievable wife, and um, you just wish the very best for him. It's You know, you have so much to live for in this life with your family and stuff like that, so hopefully everything's okay with him. And, um, we, we're very blessed to have an unbelievable medical staff here that takes care of their players very well and, and knows what to do. So um, I'll try and check in with him here soon. Obviously, he's one of my best friends, the brother's really, and so um, hopefully he's okay.
2: Did Did Mitch just retire? Jake Muzzin (laughs) I know right did he did he did he tell him start thinking about big picture and and don't worry about us I don't know if he did directly
1: or not but that was quite the heartfelt concern just gathering from what he's talking about there he's his best buddy he talks about it all the time he obviously knows the ins and outs of what he's gone through by the way Austin's not his best buddy anyway I, I think that's a pretty telling clip in terms of what he knows from the inside of what Muzzin's gone through in the past year. And what's so hard for the team in terms of, just from a hockey
3: standpoint, is if Muzzin is that much of a concern with his neck or head or whatever you want to call what just happened, you can't really replace him. You put him on LTIR, but he's going to come back at some point. So you can't go get someone to fill that spot necessarily. So from a hockey perspective, it's certainly a huge issue for the Leafs.
2: Yeah, um, I thought it was really telling in, in in terms of what he's what he's gone through in the last probably twelve months.
5: Mm-hmm. Like
2: this off and on and taking time off and coming back and like, boys, he got he he ran into Clayton Keller. It was not pretty. Like Keller is like. A little heavier than a bag of feathers.
3: Yeah. And it was one of those ones where, you know, he's not expecting to get hit, but I don't know. There's something up with his perception that he's not sensing or looking or whatever, I, you know, cause that was the deal with Kasha here, right? We were like, he keeps kind of finding these bad spots. And it's an unfortunate, unlucky moment. And there's probably nothing more to it, but certainly I share your concern over where it's going with Muzzin in the leaves.
2: All right. Um, uh... I got a lot of thoughts on the hand pass.
1: Oh, yeah, we haven't even mentioned it. We'll get there.
2: And it was uh, certainly a very heated topic after the game. Yeah. Do we have Sheldon on the hand pass? We do. Can we listen to him? Because I give him full credit, and I'll tell you after you listen to this.
4: I see a couple things. Uh, you know, the puck clearly changes direction on its way on It's way down. Uh, so, to me, you know, the thing I don't think they were really looking at that really, I mean, there's a debate of whether it hit Riley's stick on the way down and his hit the toe of his stick that helped that change, helped the puck change its trajectory and, and, uh, and, uh, hit Kel, or did it hit Keller's skate and is that enough to, for possession? I don't know, it's crazy that we're talking about such little things uh, on these reviews. I mean, we just got to do a better job of not putting ourselves in that in that spot. We felt that that call could have gone our way or at the very least was not conclusive enough to overturn it. Um, but that one didn't go our, our way here tonight.
2: Why do you give him credit? I don't know if he, if he said it in that particular one, but I caught him saying, you know, if, if we leave ourselves in a spot to depend on that, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's more on us. This and, to me, and though? That, and that, honest to God, I, I, I'm not, not going to sit here and tell you I'm glad that it went against the, the Leafs. Mm. But it would have been the bigger lesson to learn is that when you don't play well, you don't deserve any points. If mm-hmm. the Leafs somehow managed a point or two out of that and they escaped, like, that's the penalty for playing poorly or not being ready, is, is, is losing.
3: It is. It is. But you have joined, this is very unlike you, to join the masses in a take, which is completely ignoring the hand pass play. And so, you know, yeah, the Leafs could have played I, better I, and it shouldn't I, come down I, to that. I,
2: I'm, I'm with him. That uh, I, I don't like the call. Uh, and I am with Sheldon saying that I wouldn't have overturned it. Right. There was not enough. Evidence for me, I would have gone. That's with, more like I would you. have gone with the refs' call. Yep, and I was very surprised that they turned uh, around on it. Yeah. Uh, on for a couple of reasons. One was I think Keller's stick was right up against Riley's glove. Riley's glove. Yeah, I don't know for sure what touched what. Uh, for sure,
3: for sure, I agree. And I agree with your, by the way, the sentiment that they shouldn't be in that spot and so it shouldn't matter, agree? Sammy, I think you said something to the effect of it'd be worse to learn the lesson that they can just turn it on and win. You know, yeah. that's a worse
1: outcome if they win. I, But I also say on the other side of this, You can be like, oh, they're gonna learn lessons, learn lessons. But we've had that same conversation for four years about them learning lessons. lessons. They had enough lessons. Sometimes you
3: get points when you don't deserve it, and this took points out of their pocket. And I'm with you, Kipper, in watching that play. Marner is not passing that puck to. uh, Sorry, uh, Riley is not passing that puck to Marner. It's not a hand pass to him. I know. He knocks it down to save the play. To save the play, keeps it in. It hits uh, Keller's skate. And so, yeah, you can quibble over, yeah, technically he batted it, technically Marner got it next, but there's a scrum that ensues. That's not a hand pass to me. And so the point that the refs, they should have deferred to the ref on the
2: ice, they didn't call it at the time. Like, You're you're right. A definitive thing is when it's glove to a guy on your stick. It's like,
3: oh, here comes Mitchie, I'm going to bat it to him. the, the,
2: The puck's sitting there. And He's you to go, take out of the pile. You've got two seconds, and it's a 50-50 puck.
3: Yeah. like, like At that it's, point, it's, that it's voids really the too, advantage.
2: It's really a shame that Keller didn't find a way just to touch it. I know. Riley battled second. him too good. Right? <laughs> if Riley were a worse player, the Leafs get that goal. But the letter of the law, and the league felt like they had five or six different looks at it mm-hmm. where they were confident that it was... Riley's glove yeah. down and then and it, whether or not, you know, even if Keller got a, a piece of it or not, it's not if, if it touches a skate or touches a stick. Possession. It is possession yeah. and, and control.
3: I think you could sit there and I totally get the call. I don't think it was like a terrible call. And you could, you know, Sheldon made the point that it's silly that we're talking about these videos piece by piece because you can piece it together where, yeah,
1: okay, Riley's glove last, And then Marner, sure. I've watched it a hundred times. Yeah, I've watched it so many times, trying to see both sides of it, trying to see both perspectives. And I can't help but think the Leafs got jobbed pretty bad. Yeah, I I think it should have counted. And then, you know,
3: the Leafs, you go to OT against Arizona, (laughs)
1: you like their firepower a bit more. uh, What's the number one thing that you always say when you're overturning stuff in all sports is definitive? Yeah, definitive. And if they had a call it on the ice, and I understand that it would play be dead. I understand that it's a different kind of thing than, like, the puck going over the line. Mm-hmm. I understand that. But to me, to overturn a goal that's just not nearly definitive enough. It's just too much of a schmozzle. Like, it's just all together. It's a weird and it's like, play. Is this what the league wants? Yeah, Pulling goals out, you know, yeah, in the dude. dying
3: minute of a close game over that?
2: I don't know. I just... Even the thought that you now... Like, it's only... The league can only step in a minute left in the game. So
3: if that were at 101, they couldn't have? No, no, they, that could be challenged now, the hand pass.
2: Oh, no, it, 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 as long as you have a, a timeout, you can challenge it right. at any time. But it's only with a minute to go that the league can step in and look at it and, and play the, the role of the coaches, mm-hmm. which suggests to me that you value that last minute than you do the, the other 59 yeah. minutes. And last time I checked, every you could lose a, a game in the first minute. Yeah. You could lose a game in the last minute. Yeah, that's true.
3: No, that, that is an
2: interesting point. So,
3: you know, they don't get that bounce. Leafs are two right. and two. If, if
2: we're going to do that in the last minute, let's just let's just ref from the press box.
3: Give me Ken Reed on this. Just scrap it. Scrap that one. I, you know what? It does go back to, was it Tomas Hurdle in playoffs? It was the the Sharks hand pass somewhere along the line. Anyway, you miss one call and then you the butterfly effect to hear is, is a long road anyway. Um, so sorry. Yeah, no, you got to go I was gonna say so for predictable outcomes, was not predictable outcome necessarily, but Sammy did call the game. He he saw Arizona, I think, doing well. Did you also have do we have the clip of Sammy calling something uh, specifically happening last night? This
2: is where Sammy's getting so big now. He's actually like Grapes calling for his own. Clipping his own clips. Yeah, I, I
0: called clips. for
1: it in fairness. All right, let's hear Sammy. A Nick Ritchie goal pays plus 260 on uh, certain books. That's yeah. free money. <laughs> <laughs> he's scoring tonight. Oh, i take that. Oh, my. Rich was great. Uh, Rich is great. Um, Rich is shooting one in the net tonight. That is a lock. I've been is watching such this, a lock. I've been watching this team for too long to know. And even Ed Kipper agree. What's he got?
2: He's got, since he's been back there, he's got like 13, 14 goals Uh, in like 30 games. Oh,
3: yeah. No, he's on pace for, yeah, since he's been there, he's a 30-goal guy in Arizona. He's a star.
2: Okay, that's crazy.
3: If it weren't the Leafs, it certainly would be, but it's the Leafs. It's not crazy at all.
1: It's going from the most high-pressure market for a guy that has had, issues with disappearing from time to time, we can say, and then going to a market where there's legitimately no pressure and you're playing on the worst team in the league and you just get to go and play hockey and not worry about playing in Toronto and right. he shoots pucks in the net. I don't think it's that surprising at all. Okay,
3: now let me read off Sammy's stats, unless you had something to No, you wanted-
2: I was just going to uh, read stats. I was just going to comment on the other thing that kind of pissed me off last night mm-hmm. is that I-, I thought it was just officiated, like, horribly that game.
3: Oh, so tell me you thought the Yarncrock call and, uh, sucked. What guy's got to hold no, on to No, that, that
2: to me is... To me
3: you're allowed to hit no, a guy's but, stick. But,
2: but, but there's, there's certain areas where you do tend to relax a little bit. And I think the defender at the time was looking behind the net. So, I mean, he doesn't see yarn craw He doesn't He doesn't see him mm-hmm. take a whack at his stick. But they're not like to battle And there or are something. moments in the game where you do relax and one little tap at the right time, and, yeah, you, I'll, I can lose my stick. To me, that's a guy battling to get net position. It is, but the focus was the puck behind the net, not the battle in front. I, I get your point. Totally. Okay. Like, if
3: the two of them see the puck and they're going into the Correct. battle, you can
2: yeah. chop a guy's stick yeah, out of his like, hands or whatever. But, exactly. I'll get yeah. some glue for you next time, pal. <laughs> right.
3: And Yarncroft did say right away, he was like, you
2: know, hold on to your darn hockey but, stick. I'm watching Nick Ritchie hit bunting, and I'm like that was just a a horrible call mm-hmm. his penalty and then I think there was a battle in the corner with Matthews and
1: uh oh the cross check the cross check soft call can, can
2: we just please hit? Can we just let leave them alone and hit a little bit? Those were horrible calls, and I thought, um. Justin Hall got away with a high stick mm-hmm. uh, in front of the net, where I think, I don't know if it was Keller or maybe Fisher got cut, yeah. which could have easily been a four minute penalty. God, we're saying Justin
3: Hall's name a lot this year, aren't but, we? He's involved yeah, in good, but, bad, and ugly. But, but
2: the, the, the battles, the physical battles, God, it was just, it was a tough night watching the officials last night, particularly
3: with a game that didn't have much of a pulse. Like it's okay to let the guys, Uh, you know,
2: kick it up here. Zach take a pretty good run at Marner last night too. And that's just one of those again moments. Cassian. Cassian, Yeah. Yeah. Zach Cassian took a real healthy run at, at Marner. And that's the part where you go, okay, can we at least have Wayne Simmons on the bench to go talk to him? I'm not saying he has to fight him. But can somebody say something to Zach Cassian, mm-hmm. please? Because all you do is you just set the rest of the teams that watch that up. That's all.
1: Yeah. You know, you've seen
3: Marner on that end, so,
2: Matthews.
1: Mention, okay. you, mentioned, you just mentioned the penalties and all the power play worrying you again, Kip. Oh, yeah. Huge concern. I, Absolutely
2: huge concern. And I don't see Austin shooting the puck on the power play. Get him
3: off and, the one.
2: I see a lot of people looking for him. And this is this is not snuck up it hasn't snuck up on them. This was this has been a continuation of what we saw at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So we saw them fire their goalie coach, but whoever's running the power play, I'm not saying you need to fire him. But maybe, like, a conversation
3: with him? Well, they just took it away from Malhotra and gave it to Carberry last year and kind of had the same thing happen at the end of the year. It's not a good look. Well, what's tough, Kipper, is you have to play the five guys who are on the first unit as the five guys. Do you not? Like, you can't have Nylander or Tavares or Matthews or whoever on the bench. You can't. So they know they're getting the ice time. You know, Sammy, you're joking before the, the show that, like, they're just greedy, <laughs> just just pigs. Just yeah, go take your minute forty-two. If nothing happens, you'll go out for the second unit.
5: Comes out <laughs> just, just ten seconds left in the power play.
2: Yeah, again, um, if it's just no if sense. If it's urgency. not working or it's not going, uh, make an example of somebody. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So here's, I know there's also people who are going to listen to this forty minutes and say, last year the Leafs started two four and one, and they had 115 points and it's not a big deal, and they're going to figure it out, yeah. and the players haven't, and, and, end, and, all fair points. I still think the Leafs are a 110-point-plus team this season. I do. Do you think that this matters, though, that they've
2: started like this? I don't like it two years in a row. Yeah. I don't. But I, I just don't like pretending uh, it doesn't I'm, matter. I'm, I'm, I'm with you that they will find themselves are too good. If we can recall Mitch Marner last year, I don't know one goal or one assist in like his first seven or eight games. He was off to a very slow start mm-hmm. and almost cracked a hundred points.
3: Yeah. Plus I think it. he
2: missed 10 games because he was hurt Yeah, and still managed to get almost a hundred points. So Marner will be fine. He'll get his points. Matthews will get his goals, but I just, I just think that uh, that Sheldon's got to do a better job of preparing these guys here. Mm-hmm. There's- and it, it, there's a responsibility as a coach. And you can blame your elite players, you can blame an injury here, but when I see Marty St. Louis fire up a bunch of underachievers in the first game, and and get them to raise their bar, uh, it, it's going to fall on Sheldon here to to get these guys going and and light a fire under them. And I, I hope that we see them shot out of a cannon
1: uh, Thursday night against Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, by the way, on fuego. Yeah, well, they're playing well. That's probably the type of team the least will play good against. True. There you go. But, yeah, I, just, I think it's fair to be okay. perturbed by the way this team started. And I think there's a lot of people that are saying, oh, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, they'll figure it out. Which they probably will, like you guys said. But it's fair to worry to me. It's just, it's not the first we've seen of the same issues, we, that's all. It's, Bunkus and I were talking about it on the post-game show last night. It's, you know, everything you'd worry about. Check. Playing down to opponents. Schalgren and that in game four. Former Leafs scoring against them in the, on the worst team in the league. Losing the worst teams.
3: who you thought they were. Leafs started three different goalies through their first four games of a season for the first time since 1990-91. Peter Ng, Jeff Reese, Alan Bester. Leafs began that season 1-9-1 and, and head coach Doug Carpenter was fired. There you go. I don't know. A little tidbit from Sammy.
1: Thanks. Thanks for
2: reading that. You're welcome. They made the playoffs that year, didn't they? I don't know. Did they? <laughs> you don't. That's the most important stat <laughs> we all, need out that's of that year. All, all we need is they started bad. I don't think they made the playoffs that year. <laughs> <laughs> Gordo might know. All right. Good tea up, Sammy. stelic Electricity up after the break. Gord Stelik, Leaf Nation pre and post, we will get his thoughts and more. You're listening and watching on YouTube. Real Kipper and Born.
4: Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: All right, our next guest is so loyal to the real Kipper and Born show. He once was willing to do it while someone was churning butter at Pioneer Village. <laughs> Let's bring in Gord Stellick,
0: Kippy, Justin. How are you guys doing? How are We're you guys? Good. I, so you know, I told you I listened to you yesterday as I took my mom for a scheduled cardiologist appointment which when someone's 92 and a half just means you're still alive. Okay, good. Uh come back next October 5th, which by the way, I've told my siblings I're already busy. But anyway, um and uh I um uh, yeah, no churning butter, but I loved uh, I love what you guys were churning with Sammy off the off the top yesterday. Just uh, just bang on. Good to be talking Leaf Hockey. Well, first of all, did you did you drive her cuz then you were late for your appointment, right? no 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 kippy bad rap about me watching the speed limit when i drove you in the don valley parkway as a favor because your car had a flat tire and it went out of my way (laughs) yes And, and i leave miles early i am early for everything so i am i i pride myself in not being late
2: well we pride on you giving us an honest assessment of the toronto maple leafs and uh you know you talk to some people and it's panic and it's others that say okay two two Where are you on the side of what you've seen so far?
0: Well, it's funny, as, first of all, as you went to break, I know that's people over under 40 won't remember, but that 1990 season to show how how far south can go. I mean, no one ever thought Doug Carpenter would get fired. They had to do it, and that was the one where they'd given their first round trade of the first round pick for Tom Kervers to the Devils, and they were worried that Eric Lindros, if they came dead last, that would be the guy. Well, you know, it ended up being Scott Niedermeyer that the Devils picked third overall, so that wasn't wasn't a bad trade for the Devils then. But I'll tell you right now, uh, and uh, and Justin, you were mentioning it that okay, the last two years it would actually be three of the last four because two years before that they had to make the coaching change, right? So they mm-hmm. it, it would so they've had these uneven or poor starts, and that's just a bad habit. I, I want this year to be like the Raptors championship season. Okay, there's no intrigue of a Kawhi Leonard. There's Kelly Yarncroke, Okay, he's not Kawhi, <laughs> but the kind of thing like the Raptors did that regular season when they just had a real even nice clean regular season, which seemed to set them up in a better place for the playoffs and maybe do the same for the may police. That would be nice. You know,
3: watching Sheldon Keith, try to Keith, try to motivate this team reminds me of wa- someone walking like a, a, I don't know, one of those uh, French bulldog or one of those big English bulldogs that just sit there and you, they can't pull them <laughs> along. Like it's impossible. No matter what you say, it doesn't seem like you can get them going until they want to go what What
0: tools does he have left in his toolkit to get this team to go and, and, and Justin, another thing is that you know just part of it, think of the buzz say Matthews and Marner's second season, right? And say when Tavares, Tavares came, like the buzz, the energy, the start of the season, and they and they kicked ass, like for a couple of years, like the first 15 games. And it was just kind of that wow feeling. And, and, and you know, and, and they don't have that. And, and that's kind of disappointing because, you know, great teams have an aura for as many of the 82 games as possible. It's funny. Uh, uh, and Sheldon, you know, he, he talked about the, the best players haven't been the best players uh, is he talking about Austin Matthews mostly? Like I thought, John Tavares has played pretty well. You know, Nylander and Marner have, have, have contributed, but uh, yeah, I, I again, like you, they kept bringing different. Indiv- got to bring Joe Thornton in because we want his veteran leadership. Got to bring Wayne Simmons in because we want his like. Right. What, what? got to bring John Tavares? Make him captain. Like what are, are the are the guys from within? You know, not motivating themselves like enough internal leadership that you 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 don't have. Yeah, you know, so many ebbs and flows like they've had the last couple of seasons. It's got a, uh, I heard Kippy talk about you know he's got to whether it's make him more accountable, be harder on them. I don't like Marty St. Louis. They're still. Oh, actually, you're right. He's not a novelty anymore. He did a half season, so I I, I know what you mean about you know some some coach that you can see getting results where. Sheldon's key's best results are when he took over from Mike Babcock. I mean, he, that team stayed out, of, stayed out of the abyss. But we're talking about they're not supposed to stay out of the abyss. They're supposed to win playoff rounds and maybe a Stanley Cup. Right. And, you know, and, and boy, they've gone out so feebly against Montreal and Columbus. And I, I keep bringing it up because it's worth bringing up about the most important time of year. Twice this team has gone out and gone out feebly. And that cannot happen. I just want to stay on the
2: Sheldon Keefe conversation, and I want to get both your thoughts and, and you too, JB, because you ha- you know him probably a little better than than most, uh, working with him. Uh, but throughout the, the the first four games, he's gone to the well after Montreal, and he went to the well last night with his, his elite players. Is this a guy that uh, gets a sense of urgency right now out of uh, of what he needs to say? because he knows his general manager didn't get an extension and everybody assumes that they're they're tied to the hip I do
3: personally think that there is pressure earlier on Kyle and Sheldon because it really feels like now or never and if it looks like it's never if it looks like it's not going to happen this year then yeah you could see the end coming sooner than they would like it to so you know maybe if he had a five-year contract he'd be you know, less quick to call out the elite players or whatever in the uh, post game conversations, but I do think that there that does make the urgency ramps it up a little bit.
2: Gord going after the elite players last night. Uh, my first thought was same, hey, maybe a little uh, play out out of the uh, Mike Babcock playbook.
0: Yeah, and. and- Again, he he does it kind of going after them light, you know, not 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 the hardcore, but a little bit light. And and I hey, we're all human. And you ask, um, I'd say more than fifty percent of Leaf fans, hockey observers, if Shanahan, Dubas, and Keith if you're surprised all three kept their jobs and over 50% would say, yeah, and I'm not saying all three should be go. I'm not saying Sheldon keeps the one that should go. It's kind of a little bit of a unique situation with all the changes that happened, that this kind of, this kind of, di- it seemed to be accepted that even, wow, you competed this time. And the, and again, the handshake line is a killer, right? You know, wow, that, that, that's, that's what, that's what passes the litmus test right now. So I, I think to, uh, to the point about, yeah, there is a, there's a pressure anyway, coaching the Toronto May police, but it's understood, you know, it it really has to be now or never this time. And and he's probably tried a lot of different things, uh, you know, and kind of what else can you do? Uh, All all you can do is uh, uh, fail on the negative side and lose your job. So you might as well go down uh, trying your best and doing, making the moves or saying the things that you think can make a difference. And I like this team. Like I like I and I believe, like whatever point number you were saying, Justin. Like I'm in mean, 110, whatever it may be. I mean, this is a team that should have a solid regular season, and and hopefully, if they get by one playoff round, I pick them to win the Stanley Cup. Okay, I've never done that before. People think I just I just got a I got a I got a feeling. Okay, I mean that's but that's way down the road. I my part of my feeling was predicated on not having an anemic like Monday night game against Arizona. It's bad enough you're if you're there. Like when you picked season's tickets, that's number 41, right? Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) night in october (laughs) you got stuck with it like imagine your birthday and you got leaf tickets and you open it you're kidding arizona on a monday you're thinking colorado's coming or boston's coming that's how the players felt when they saw the schedule
3: when i was a little kid
2: i had tickets to the kansas city scouts how do you think i felt
0: (laughs) exactly that's funny exactly
3: so Uh, You know, it was Monday night. It was the Coyotes. You were supposed to skill yourself to a win. It was just supposed to be handed to you. And with that, the Leafs decided to put Eric Schalgren in net. Any takeaways from starting Schalgren and how he performed in his first night of the season?
0: Uh. Yeah. Well, again, you want the guys to be a difference in winning a game or not, so you don't you don't blame the game on him. He's um and again, when I heard you guys talking about it, that uh, you know you wanted to, you thought this was the game they're going to pile up all kinds of stats and maybe Dennis Mulligan would get going and all these and yep. Uh, you know, Justin, Arizona is a funny team. What for the Leafs? And, and again, it goes back to maybe these games are just dead because cause the schedule seems to be the same every year. That you have, There's a template that doesn't change a lot. And Arizona always seems to come here in October. I remember Max Domi getting, I think, his first career goal. I mean, Vimelka, I know, was in Arizona. But, you know, it just, it I don't know, whatever it is, it seems like the Leafs play their worst hockey against Arizona, and Arizona's had a lot of luck there. Anyway, Shulgren, you know, I'd like to see a goaltender being the guy because he's Jeremy Swayman in Boston or Spencer Knight in Florida, like, you're, 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 you're bringing someone up because, okay, he's the next guy up. It's not like he wowed anybody right. in the American Hockey League. And, you know, maybe maybe like Jack Campbell, he'll get a chance to, well, hopefully not as a number one, but to surpri- be a pleasant surprise and play well. So, yeah, I I mean, it's it's still inconclusive. There's no wow factor about him. There's a wow factor about the lack of depth with Maple Leaf goaltending, particularly when, you know, you got Matt Murray, I mean, like, like, I'm sorry, you, you guys said it yesterday, Peter Mrazek. Like, we're talking, you're, you're one or two games into a season where you have 80 games of the guy being a question mark because of health, and all of a sudden now you got walls injured, and, uh, I mean, Shulgren had got run before in the game, but in the American Hockey League. But, man, oh, man, you know, you, d- you don't develop an NHL goaltender from within. A constant topic you guys talk about and I talk about, it, it, it just comes up to bite you in the ass.
2: We're talking a... Gord Stellick, former Leaf general manager and current voice of Leaf Nation pre- and post-game. What what do you see out of Matthew's first four games? Uh, The thing that stands out to me is uh, Matthew's taking a healthy run uh, this season at somebody and then the fans chanting MVP, MVP, MVP. And my first thought is, no, no, no. MVP, MVP when he puts the puck
0: in the net. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's how... See they talk about how tough Toronto is to play in. It's not. It's tough because you get recognized a lot. That That's exhausting, okay? So that, you know, but the part is when you do something, everyone goes over, like, if they win one playoff round, you know, all like, like Kyle Dubas will get a 15-year contract. Everyone, you know, everyone will be super excited. And Legend's hey, can Austin out. Matthews get 70 goals this year? What do you want out of the guy? Like, you know what he wants? We, I want him to get the Conn-Smythe trophy. Let's get a Leaf player, get the Conn-Smythe trophy. I'm sure they all want. To do that because that means you went deep in the playoffs, obviously. So yeah, I, uh, Austin Matthews, it's been a, uh, pedestrian first few games for him he's he's a guy that is worth the price of admission alone when he plays his normal game which he does about like well over 90 percent of the time but uh yeah just like god never mind the mvp never mind the 70 goals you know let's let's like like steve eiserman or, or brett hall when they they figured out a, a way and, and hey no i'm not putting an austin he is a, but just ways that make you a better team as a team in the playoffs so it's not anyone's job to be a cheerleader
3: for the Leafs when they're struggling so you know I I apologize for asking you about more players struggling here but I don't want to come off negative but it's been bleak so I wanted to ask you about Rasmus Sandin this is a guy who signs a two-year contract he's expected to take the next step top four guy someone they're excited about I don't know to my eye hasn't looked awesome what are your thoughts about Leafs D and
0: where Sandin has fit in so far yeah and, and I know Justin like you guys have had the chat as well that When Matthews and Marner came, right, and you had Connor Brown, I know Zach Hyman came via trade but still was developed within, uh, Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen, like a lot of players developed from within on your team, you see Dallas had ten of them last night. Detroit now, Iserman's putting it together. What, what ten players they drafted? Leafs only had five last night, and one of them's Rasmus Sandin, right? Travis Dermott's gone. Sean Durzi went in a trade to L.A. And so you're you really you really want these guys to hit. And yeah, no, he hasn't. No, and I'm I, I kind of liked him last year. I was kind of surprised. His physicality's been a pleasant surprise, uh, but his play has been uh, has been spotty so far. And and you're really looking for those kind of guys to 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 make to get it to the the next level and again we keep qualifying it's early but again you want these guys to get to the next level we're not saying this after 25 games hopefully
2: right. Gordon, uh, on the topic of the of the blue line another tough look uh, for jake muzzin leaving the game uh were you able to listen or read a, uh mitch marner's comments and big picture reflection comments about his wife the kids his future where do the leafs go on this
0: well you you guys played okay and you know just like and anyone listening out there it's whatever you do once if you get hurt you're hurt it's it's tough you don't just all of a sudden you know two years later if you're playing tennis or you're playing whatever sport and you go yeah i'm not the same well yeah you know you 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 had a uh you know you, you had a, a kind of a, a cut what it mean meniscus injury or something like that and you're not the same and and kippy didn't we like Jake's already articulated that himself. Like, just the talk seems to be out there about, you know, all the injuries he's gone through. And yeah, geez, I want to make sure that, you know, quality of life. I mean, we saw it with David Clarkson, for example. I'm not saying that's anywhere where Jake Muzzin is right now about, Career-ending, but it just it, it they just accumulate, and this discussions happened before, and I imagine Mitch Marner's picking up on that. That obviously, you know, Jake's had a Jake Musson's had a concern that this is this is just too much too much, and I'm worried about my general welfare outside of hockey and post hockey career. And I have no idea how this particular injury, if that if that you know comes and impacts in that way, shape, or form, or not. But you know we, we we've seen this play too often, unfortunately, starting with a guy being taken off on a stretcher against Columbus, and then in the playoffs, and it, it just seems there's just been a multitude of of injuries unfortunately since then. if
2: I'll throw this out to both of you guys if If there's still question marks on are is the Leafs blue line good enough with a healthy muzzin, what is it without him? Not good enough. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Honestly, uh, I mean, it's it's a major concern. I you're right. I still think with him they may be looking around. Without him, they almost definitely have to make an acquisition, wouldn't you think, Gord?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 really what differentiated whether, you know, if Mark Hunter were to have got the job, you know, rather than Kyle, the understanding was you know, he wanted to put some emphasis on, on money for the D. And this isn't a shot at Kyle. I'm just saying that that's been the template from the word go. Muzzin was a nice trade when it was made. TJ Brody's been a real nice pickup as a free agent. But, you know, you've... Your 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 resources are are you know top heavy as far as forwards go, and not every team does that. I mean, Tampa Bay has their Victor Hedman, and you know generally somebody uh, Ekblad, and in, in Florida, generally teams have a a stud and a little bit more depth. But yeah, I totally agree with Justin. Like you're you're in a lot of trouble. So you gotta you know, you gotta hope like. I mean, Labushkin was good enough to get you through the season, and really, all you can look at is good enough. You're not gonna, you're not. Doubtfully, you're gonna be able to steal someone that's gonna be an elite defenseman. But you're going, you're going to have to look at those kind of moves, and then hopefully, in the playoffs, your goaltender gets hot. That makes everybody good enough for starters, and uh, you know, and and you go on from there. So, Gord, everyone tells us uh, it's not time to panic. They're two and
3: two. It's early. We've talked about everything. We have said today has been it's early small sample it's early when is it not like at five and five are we panicking is it 15 and 15 like when when can we start to say okay they have real problems here uh maybe the team needs to do something
0: okay i don't can't remember what game number it was but you can't let it get to where the chicago game was last year and certainly we saw the year they had to make the move on mike babcock that it just it got way too deep, right? And and really, uh, you know that that impacted the whole years in in many way. Even though COVID impacted it bigger later on, like you just had this uneven uneven season and didn't get off to the good start. So, so that 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 you said that ninety ninety one team was one nine and one. Okay, uh, I guess they can't be one nine and one, but 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 say about a dozen games. I mean, right now you look at uh, the Minnesota uh, uh, Minnesota and Vancouver, you know. I know it's not a lot of games, and I know it's early, but but you fall behind the eight ball, you're in a whole lot of trouble. Lose three games in a, at about the thirty game mark. Don't lose your first three games of the season, and uh, it. So I'm still buying. It is still early, but we've seen in two of the last three seasons, uh, early went uh, way, way, way too long for our liking.
2: Vancouver uh, last year, uh, what did yes. they win? Seven games out of their first twenty-five or thirty, they buried great. themselves, and we're great, and but- we're great in the back half. And still missed a playoff spot by what five points? Yeah, it's a golf tournament. You can't make
3: the you know you can't win the tournament on Thursday, but you can lose it. I feel that way about the start of the season. You can't win the cup, can't make the playoffs, but you sure can miss them.
0: Kippy, we're it's away like from you, that though. It, yeah, Kippy, it's like you and I at George Vanier Secondary School. Like like you'd see the marks posted from the first exam, right? And we'd be on the bottom, <laughs> and it was tough, right? You know how do you, how do you get back? So we just stayed on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, good solution. <laughs>
2: Uh, you're bringing back great memories, Gord. <laughs> Didn't you run with uh, Mike Myers there? Or uh, no, he was at Jim a different Carey? school, different school. Okay, they Jim Carrey.
0: Uh, no, Jim Carrey's a different school. We had uh, I we think uh, Getty Lee was there from Rush. I think Howie Mandel was there. At one oh, point. Howie Mandel, I'm thinking. Alana about. Miles was there. Her name was Alana Biles. And Gord that Stollis was not there. True. Honest to God. Honest to God, no way. Yeah, and she changed her name to. She was at a reunion once. Yeah. Atlanta and, Miles' real name is Atlanta Biles. That's my. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yes, my and then uh, and the Hin brothers and the and the one uh, was it Benny became the big evangelist. The I knew the older ones. God, Billy you're Henry.
2: Just a wealth of information.
0: <laughs> if you went to Vanier way back when, yeah, I am.
2: Well, we'll we gotta, let you get back to uh, the Pioneer Village. What's next after churning uh, butter?
0: Well, you know what? Because of Vanier Memories, uh, I'll go to the Peanut Plaza next time for my hit, okay? Right there by Woodbine Jr. High and George the world is-
2: Gord Stelic? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, big production value. Wow. High
2: production value over here. Huge. <laughs> anyway, hey, Derek. Gord, thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate your time as always. Okay, see
0: you guys. Take care. Thanks, Gord. Stellick.
2: Leaf Nation pre- and post-game after every Leaf game.
0: You know that, that drop. Is, that
3: drop
1: okay. is elite. He deserves it, though. Oh, he's the man. He's called us from everywhere. Atlanta Miles. Atlanta Biles. Uh, that's what it says on Wikipedia. Black velvet. Black velvet. <laughs> it's a banger. <laughs> it is great game. song. We did have a little bit of
2: a conversation, didn't we? Uh, last which one?
1: Love yeah. I don't it's know that one.
2: Was it last week? We had a conversation on uh, I don't know. Three and eight or... Yeah, it was two and eight. We said if, if, they, eight. if they win
3: two of their first ten, what happens? Well, they'd have to go on a pretty significant skid uh, to do that. They'd lose
0: six I said, in a row By oh, the
3: way, I don't think this is happening. It's just fun to hypothesize what would happen if. How bad could it yeah. get before they would panic? Because I think it but sets an so, end goal but, of how close but, you are to that panic. So, there's
2: so many circumstances that have to be witnessed.
3: Oh, now it's, all oh, Muzzin's hurt, no, and Murray's well, hurt, it, and that's it, why... It,
2: well including are players listening to sheldon anymore can he get them to respond Are have they is there a disconnect between the two if we can see it and everybody can sense it uh then almost i'm not going to say that the records irrelevant but then it's like you know 4 and 12 or 6 and 12 or 8 sure. and 12 yeah. has to There's more of the, no the, the, the the feeling that you get or injuries Yeah. Compounded past. What did Babs get fired at? Do
3: we know what the record was when he got fired? I don't know. Yeah. I
2: mean, you know, is it past Murray and Muzzin in the next two or three weeks? You know what? Those are
3: factors. They are. But you know what I think is hard for Sheldon is he came in at a time when the superstars here in Toronto were still very young. And when you're young, you tend to look at a coach as someone to be resisted. I know it best. It's always work doing it my way. And I think they probably established some of that with him. And so now you don't see the older guys doing that. Spezza or Thornton or whatever. They try to do their best to buy into what the coach wants them to do. But you do wonder if they haven't already kind of made up their mind on him. I mean, I'm not saying that's the case. It's just, he came at a time when the players were still very young and you wonder if that doesn't have some effect to how they feel about him.
1: So here is the details on Mike Babcock. He was fired. He was trending yesterday, by the way, <laughs> of course, the Maple Leafs, who were 9, 10, and 4, f- he was fired at that. And they were, All right. And they were 0, 5, and 1 in the past six games, including a 4-2 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. Remember that, where Mark andre Fleury made an unbelievable yeah, diving save. picked it, it up in Colorado after that. And they lost 6-1 to the Pittsburgh this, Penguins the I night know, before. but
2: this is... Uh, 9, 10, and 4? Yeah, this, this is not apples to a- apples. No. It's, it's not, because... A much different situation. They're... they're Mike, it just. I really believe in my heart. Brendan Shanahan saw Babcock needed Babcock right away. Bring in some credibility while we go through this process. I think from day one, Brendan had a shelf life for Babcock. Babcock had a shelf life for himself. He set up his contract where the first $35, $40 million were. uh, I got them in my pocket in those first three years, four years. And if he got tired of me in the back end, then it's just minimal. I think so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was just, I I think it was set up deep down. uh, By then, Kyle and Brendan had established a relationship. And Kyle only had eyes for Sheldon, man. Hundred percent. That was yeah. always in the plans. This, this won't play out like that. We know that, right? No, no,
3: you're right. It's almost like some Kyle's not going to fire fire Sheldon. I don't think. Like I think. Oh, he may have to. Well, Sh- Shanahan may force may
2: Kyle come. to fire Sheldon. Yeah, I don't. That's think that's that's a reality. Point.
1: That's a tough combo to have. That's it a, That's a well, tough reality. What's know, the old saying?
2: Do I need to fire? Two people or one? You decide, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But like... One, Brendan. One, (laughs) one, just one.
3: one. That's a one.
2: That's a one by me.
3: I'm good. But I, I think that... So I think two things about Mike Babcock. I think he's a very good coach. This Leafs team is finally where Babs wanted them to be. They have a fourth line that can skate and be physical. They have veteran leadership. They have elite skill. This is Babcock's team he was begging for when he came here.
2: So just are you still under contract? Just go get him back. Assistant, <laughs> is <laughs> that what you're saying? I wasn't, but it's not.
3: It's a, it's a funny idea. But you know, you don't but, have to spend a dime. But I also think that Babcock saw himself coming to Toronto and being enshrined in gold and Legends Row, when he's the savior, and finally 100%. brings the cup here. And I don't, he thought he was the biggest I don't star. think
1: there was no any shelf life in his mind. I think he saw the. He was a big. He thought he was the biggest star in the team. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, and that's probably where in lied the issue. Yeah, it's
3: funny. Is like I still think again, good coach, and I think a lot of the that put people off was that sort of attitude that he felt he was whatever. Because like again, knew what he was talking about. We got to go,
1: but you think, right. you think you'll ever have another? You think you'll ever get another shot in the NHL? Yes, John Tortorella is still coaching. I thought it, I thought he may be the next candidate Doudreau's for the coach. for the World Junior route. Yeah, Daryl Sutter's he go, coach. go coach the World Juniors and do like that sort of reclamation yeah. tour, like you know. Siders have done that. Pat Quinn did it and got another job. The
3: difference between all these guys we're talking about and Babs is Babs got 50 Schmill in the bank. Correct. He ain't need it. He's in a very nice lodge in the woods. He's done? I think he's done. Yeah. Being assistant coach for Rochester
2: in the American League or something? I don't know. I think he's just uh, he's in a happy place right now. I'm not Uh, sure he's pushing that hard. We should try to get him on the show.
3: You know what? We should. Anyway, we should go to break. I think that's my job, by the way.
2: You got a Babcock impression?
3: Absolutely not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's let's just go to break. (laughs) break. Eric Francis after the break. He's going to talk Calgary off to a great start. They play the undefeated Golden Knights tonight. Daryl Sutter hit the jackpot, didn't he, with a new contract? We'll see if we can sniff that one out as well with Eric. That and more after the break. Real Kipper and Bourne on the YouTube channel. And Sportsnet 590, The Fan
4: smart takes on the biggest stories in sports the fan drive time with ben ennis subscribe and download the show on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
2: we're gonna take a little bit of a pause here but sammy catches breath on all the leaf stuff and He's going to take a break, too. too We're going to bring in Eric Francis, senior, senior columnist with Sportsnet, to, bring us, uh, to remind us that there's more than one team in the league, <laughs> 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 including the
5: Calgary Flames. Eric, how are you? You know, when you say something like that out, out west, everyone thinks you're talking about the Oilers. But, uh, but that's okay. That's okay. Thanks for giving us the time here in Calgary. Well,
2: listen, it was early in the battle of Alberta, and uh, you know it's fun watching you get excited about this. I'll be—I'll be honest with you. I, I love it. It just—it feeds—it feeds the beast, man. You know, the only thing outside of watching the game, I, I wouldn't mind. You inspector, maybe getting into a steel cage? i pay for that too.
5: Oh my God, would I pay for that too? I'd be having all sorts of foreign, so many foreign objects in the ring. I'd, I'd split them open real quick. Well,
2: uh, <laughs> as far as splitting opens concerned, uh, first shot to Calgary uh, against the Oil. Uh, was it everything you thought? Were you? Uh, was, were you surprised at the uh, early lead, the pull from Jack Campbell? What did you see that uh, we can look forward to the rest of the season? Albeit they they don't they only meet maybe two more times?
5: Yeah, only two more times. They're both encounters. so That was our only visit to Edmonton. I guess for me, that's the good news there. But anyway, the uh, I, I have to tell you, I never did think Jack Campbell was going to be the answer. I saw too many of his downswings in Toronto for me to believe that he was going to be the answer in Edmonton. I know it's a small sample size, it's one game uh Markstrom has trouble, in that in that little matchup too uh and you can't judge him based on that but to to have him pulled four shots on what or four goals on 10 shots, guys, ten minutes into the game, it was four to one. We were on pace for a thirty goal game like and it wouldn't and it, 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 somehow it wouldn't have surprised me given all the craziness we've had over the last couple of years with the Battle of Alberta. so it lived up to the hype. Yeah, the last period was a little bit of clamp down, uh, you know, boring hockey, but you know, that's what teams got to do to hold on to the lead, but lots of lots of great storylines when those two teams meet and this one didn't disappoint at all.
3: Well, looking at this uh Calgary team, everyone was so excited. Uh obviously a lot of turnover, but excited about the new players. I know we're doing the whole small sample thing, two games, but early returns on Huberdo and Kadri and Weger. any any thoughts on those
5: guys so far? Huberdo has been uh pedestrian at best uh that top line has shown no chemistry whatsoever i think mm-hmm. the only points came on the power play and they knew it was going to take time and you know i think a lot of people have big questions about whether Topoli's able to handle that job on the top line i mean you got big shoes to fill when you're replacing matthew kachuk uh, on a line that was you know th- don't forget that line was the best line in hockey last year and carried this team to the, the division championship in the regular season like They can't count on that at all this year. No semblance. Like if this is a top 20 or 30 line in the league, I'll be pretty, you know, I think they'll be happy. So Wegar has been pretty good too, but not great. The coach, you know, Daryl, he, he comes down on everybody. You could score four points and Daryl rip India. Uh, Wegar, you know, he said, well, he's pretty good with the puck, but he's not very good at checking. He has to learn our system. (laughs) Um, So there's your honest approach. And then uh, the best player by far, not just of the three, but on the team has been Nazem Kadri. He's been everything as advertised. Yeah. It's two games in, but his line has been the best line. Um, he creates energy spark. He did a great job on Connor McDavid the other day. He's got a, a, a beautiful goal. A, at a key point in that game. Uh, yeah. Nazem Kadri. you know, I saw a tweet from you Kipper the other day about how, about how perception of this guy's changed. And I, I was just having that conversation recently. Like, when he left Toronto, I don't think anybody was talking about this guy one day getting a $49 million contract, being considered a real leader, being a clutch playoff performer. But hes that's his reputation now. And, you know, maybe you think it's on unwart- I don't know if you think it's on unwart- I'm not putting words in your mouth. But I liked your point on Twitter that the guy has totally transformed how people see him around the league. Oh, no, no.
2: I- I'm all in. And I-, I-, I got a chance to watch him in junior hockey. And. The one thing about Naz that I think that the Leaf fans only got a small glimmer of is how offensive, offensively talented he is and how he's got great finish, great hands. The problem here in Toronto is he felt like, you know, when the Boston Bruins started pushing the Leafs around, he was the only one that could stand up to them. And uh, certainly when he started focusing on putting the puck in the net, which is now... like. I I never thought I'd say this, but you know, I always thought of him as maybe a 50 or 60 point guy. Like he is, he is legit a point of game guy and, and on a, on a good year can, can crack 90 to a hundred as he proved. And I I think that's, he knows that now. And I think the, the league knows that now. I I think, I think everything's warranted that I said about him.
5: Yeah. He, you know, Here's a proposition I threw out. I don't, I don't uh, own a, bet, a betting site, but if I did, here's the prop I'd throw out there. Of the, all the guys involved, of the three guys that the Flames picked up, Weger, Huberdeau, cadre and then the two guys that the Flames lost, Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, how many of those five could possibly uh, get back to the point total they had last year? They all had career years. They all had crazy numbers. And I think the only guy that really has the best shot is Cadre. Uh, maybe because he's going to get a ton of ice time here and and Daryl loves him. But, um, but, but I, I, to your point, Audrey's the guy who could get back to 87 points again. That's not what they're paying him for. They're paying him for a whole lot less than that, you know, or a whole lot of other things. But, uh, but I agree with you. This guy, uh, boy, he's impressed me on and off the ice.
2: Hey, how close would be, uh, would Calgary flames fans be watching the Florida Panthers and on every loss, how hard would they be cheering?
5: You know, it's funny. I think people more so are going to be cheering every Columbus loss, which won't be hard because I think they're going to lose a ton of games. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't think that people, people, because Matthew Kachuk left like 10 days after Johnny did, but in a completely different fashion, like people have a lot of respect for the way that Matthew Kachuk left. He, he was up front, said, I'm going to leave in a year. So you might want to trade me now. And 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 given the body blow that this franchise and this city and this fans took with Johnny Gaudreau at the eleventh hour, you know he's looked at in a whole different light than Johnny Gaudreau. So I get your point. Yeah, I mean I don't know if anybody's really cheering for Matthew Chuck, but they're cheering for him a whole lot more than they are for Johnny yeah. Gaudreau. Is it kind wow. of like the Tavares thing?
3: They're looking at Gaudreau like as uh, he screwed them over type of
5: thing. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The narrative is definitely one that people are very angry, very bitter, and it wasn't just because there? he left. That's a great question, Morty, because I don't think he's here until January. I have to check that again. It's like, mm-hmm. Time heals all. Time heals all, right? Yeah. And I I know that in that front office, and, and I'm not talking about Brad Trilling, but people I've talked to in that front office, like the way they felt after Johnny literally at the 11th hour changed course and said, sorry, guys, I'm not coming, um, after leading them to believe for sure that he was coming. Um, I know there were people in the front office who were saying, you know what, we're not. We're not having a tribute video when he comes back. We're, forget that. The way he screwed this organization. Forget it. Now, I've talked to some of those same people since, and they're they're now like, yeah, you know what? Okay, we were real emotional. It was an emotional time. Yeah. He'll he'll get. Of course, he'll get his tribute video. He's one of the greatest Flames of all time. Scored one of the most iconic goals in this franchise's history. That one against Dallas in overtime. No, no, there'll be there'll be people standing, but there will be some people booing Borny for sure some people don't forget most people will
2: they will take the high road and they should yeah for sure they
5: should I agree
2: for sure uh what do you see uh in the rest of the country uh Toronto obviously struggling so you westerners are loving that uh but (laughs) also Vancouver struggling on protecting leads we'll get into that maybe a little uh, a little more but uh overall I mean now I know it's only a, a few games in, a handful of games, but Calgary's got to be the the odds-on favorite now to 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 be Canada's team.
5: Well, it's early. I I I don't know. I predicted Toronto would be that team, you know, at the beginning of the year in terms of points. Um, hey, the Calgary Flames, the Oilers, and the Leafs, I think, are all destined to be challenging for their divisions. Uh, up near the division lead, I still think, all year long. I really do. do. And I'm not, e- even yeah, with the really
2: goaltending do. issue, losing Muzzin.
5: Yeah, hey, these, are, these are big issues. But, you know, Toronto's had goalie issues for a long, long time. And uh, it, it always seems to have goalie issues there. And yet, you still, I still think that the, the skaters you have on that team are, you know, that's as good a team as the East has. You know, it's right up there in the top three or four. And um, so... Uh, Hey, Oilers last year had a really good year and went to the the conference final with two goalies that, you know, were highly questionable. And and, and granted, they they had better numbers than probably anybody ever thought they had. But, yes, goaltending is a big issue. And that's why I guess many people would look at the Flames and say, all things being equal and the Flames being a pretty deep team anyway, add the fact that they have no questions in goal. Not only do they have a Vezda finalist, but – this Dan Vladar, I'm going to tell you, when he becomes a UFA in two years, he's going to be a starting goalie in the National Hockey League without question. So they've got one of the better tandems in the league, too. So, so yeah, I guess I won't dissuade you from thinking they could be Canada's team. They certainly could be. Uh, but I'm just not discounting Toronto just yet.
3: Yeah, there's some concern uh, about Calgary giving up some goals again. Has their defense been that questionable?
5: You know, they just played Good the two best teams in the West. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, you know, I think the bigger question was going to be this year, could the Flames, you know, score? I think goals are going to be at much more of a premium for the Calgary Flames this year. Last year they finished sixth in goal scoring. I bet you this year they're more around 12 or 13. And I think they're going to win more of their games playing defensive, you know, more defensive hockey, 200-foot hockey, as Sutter used to, or likes to call it. So I think they're going to win more games, 3-2, 2-1, two, two, uh, and they have to because I don't think they're going to have as many goals. They lost a lot of goals on the wing. Uh, over the summer, and yeah, I know they added some on defense and up the middle, but uh, I still think uh, this defense is going to be this team's forte, so I don't think anybody's worried. And don't forget, in both the Edmonton game and Colorado, they put five up on both those teams. You know, the other team scored the last two goals of the game. Like, the Flames were up by three or four goals in both games and and just kind of held on and cruised and allowed a couple goals, just played it safe, so I don't know. I'm not worried about this team defensively at all. I think I would argue their blue line is as good as any in the league.
2: We're joined by Eric Francis, senior columnist with Sportsnet.ca. So if we go south of the border, uh, a key Pacific uh, division matchup tonight, Calgary Flames and Vegas. Uh, When you look at uh, some teams south of the border, which ones have caught your eye early? I I made the mistake of thinking that maybe Vegas might have a, a tough year with an unestablished goalie. Uh, maybe I'm wrong with Thompson. Certainly off to a nice start. Uh, Colorado, maybe the worry is that uh, Kadri left a, a hole in the second slot at center that they have not filled out yet. Who's who's striking your fancy early?
5: Well, south of the border, I still think, you know, one of the teams that beats going to be Carolina. I, I I like some of the things they did in the offseason. The Rangers, you know, I think Trochuk is going to be one of those guys if, if you're in a hockey pool and you were smart enough to take Trochek, this guy's going to be put in every prime position possible with such great talent around him, and that's a deep, deep team. You know, I, that is a, a big question mark in, in Colorado. You know, can Alex Newhook be their second-line center? The guy was a stud as a youngster, putting up all sorts of points, but I'm not sure he's got the size or or just the uh, the, the pedigree just yet to be a number two center in the National Hockey League. Evan Rodriguez is is their second line, you know, winger as well, and that, you know, not many teams in the league wanted him. So yeah, there's some questions, but their firepower will still have them, being they'll be the class of the West. There's no question in my mind still. Um, and 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 Vegas is a fascinating one, you know. Talking to people in Vegas this morning, they're here tonight, obviously. Um, they think that they have the best team they've ever had since the team was incepted in 2017 in terms of skaters yes massive question in terms of goaltending can logan thompson be the guy he was fantastic the last 10 games of the year i know this guy really well because he's a calgarian and he's a phenomenal story went through the east coast and all that and you know and here he is and and yet when aiden hill and laurent buswap are healthy guess who's probably going down to the minors logan thompson because he's the only guy who doesn't have to clear waivers so this guy could be their star for the first 20 games and then get sent down to the minors because they got cop issues then in uh, in Vegas. Anyway, long story short, I don't worry about Vegas. I think that down the middle and on the blue line, they are so deep. Comparable to Colorado and Calgary, in, in my opinion, in those two positions.
3: And, Eric, last one for me. Just wanted to get your thoughts on Daryl Sutter's extension. I don't know if you know the term or dollars, but... Um, did, he, did he get Eric Francis money? <laughs>
5: I hope not. I hope he didn't
2: for him. What do you, uh, any idea of what they, what he got? uh, How many years does he want to coach uh, three years, four years, five years?
5: i the you know, I really believe that he's, you know, on a mission. Like, I think that if this team won the cup, I think he'd retire the next day, Um, but I don't think he wants to retire until he wins a cup here. Uh, so I think that's the term I think we're looking at for Darryl Sutter. We all know he's got a short shelf life, Like, but I, I, I say to everybody, most coaches do, you know. I mean, if, if, you, if you don't win and the message doesn't seem to be getting through, then they tune a guy out. Uh, Daryl right now has their attention. He's the reason this team is this good. He's the reason they were that good last year. I believe it's a three-year deal, and I'm fascinated. I haven't done any digging, but that's a good reminder. I should do some of that. Oh, to find out listen I don't, if, don't listen do a lot if of reporting
2: if it's one penny uh <laughs> under four million bucks, you know he did them a huge favor this guy's this guy's got five mil all day long with his Stanley Cups and reputation it's I was
5: gonna say the exact same number i I'm not lying like you know if if the growing rate these days is four or five million for a top notch premier proven Stanley Cup winning coach, well, then why wouldn't he get top dollar? I mean, he just won the jack Adams. Um, he, he's, um, he turned this franchise around on a dime when he got here. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no better argument for a coach getting $5 million than the one Daryl Sutter would have thrown together. And you know what? He didn't need to take a discount. Nope. He had them right where they wanted to. So, you know, I, I got to find out who his agent is, how easy that negotiation was. My guess is it wasn't, he doesn't even have an agent. My guess is Daryl said, you pay me 5 million yeah. and, uh, <laughs> uh or, don't, or don't call me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the game tonight, Eric. Thanks for doing this. Cheers, boys. Call any time. I look right. for it. Hey, see if you can set up that steel cage match. I to... <laughs> <laughs> set up our please, please. All right. Well <laughs> thanks, do. Eric. But... Appreciate
2: it, buddy. Cheers. Well, five million. Clearly, already. he's not a Mark Specter fan, eh?
3: Listen, I put him in this, uh, this radio room. We'll leave the mics on. We'll leave the room. Close the doors. It's the right size.
2: <laughs> if, uh... Mike Babcock's listening to the show today and he hears us talking about, yeah, he should have got $5 million easy. That's when Mike Babcock goes, You're welcome.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Can I say
1: except
2: you're <laughs> you know, welcome? Say what you will, man. But oh my gosh, did he? Yeah. Did he just, with one signing, Brendan Shanahan and Mike? Babcock just changed everything for coaches. Rising
3: tide raises all boats. I did get a kick out of when that Babcock deal happened. He made some comments about raising the salaries for other coaches around the league. It's like, I would like to be a martyr like that for the rest of my media members. Let me go get paid so everyone can get paid a little bit more. I'll do it for everyone. I am willing
2: to take that bullet for the team. Thank you, Mike Babcock. So Kyle Dubas wasn't the only one looking for an extension and didn't get it. Who else? Bruce Boudreaux. Oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. I bet they're glad they didn't. And they kept him. <laughs> and if we think that maybe Sheldon's kind of feeling a little tight in the collar, Bruce Boudreaux blowing leads in the first, what, three games? Yeah. Is feeling it as well here. Yeah, so
3: the Canucks are the first team in NHL history to hold multi-goal leads in the first three games of the season and lose them all. Yeah. That's not
1: good. No. Really? You don't want to do that. That's true. True. Wow. Yes. That's really surprising and not good. Nope, not great.
2: And uh, not great. They are in uh, Columbus tonight. Columbus, though, also 0-3 and desperate at home. Something has to
3: give here. And then after that, I think the Canucks have Dallas, if I'm not mistaken,
2: who's undefeated. Did you watch uh, parts of uh, Mm -hmm. the Washington game?
3: Yeah, at least we're playing, but I'm talking about it tonight on the telly, so I had to watch some. uh,
2: if, If Demko isn't really first or second star, I'm not sure if they have much of a chance here. That, that it, It's a common theme for a few teams that we've seen already, and we're already having that conversation with the blue line in Toronto. We've had that conversation on Ottawa. Myers is out right now. He's left a hole because he's a minute muncher there. But if I'm not mistaken, a guy like Luke Shen right now is some nights asked to play 18, 20 minutes a night in Vancouver. I had the audacity to say on TV last year that he shouldn't be a Quinn Hughes' D
3: partner. Vancouver, The whole city of Vancouver was mad at me. They love Luke Shen. He is on the first pair. I love Luke the Shen too. Me too. First pair. No, not I don't. A lo- I, I, I'm
2: not loving him. No, as much.
3: Luke Shen would sit at this third microphone and say, uh, "I shouldn't be on the first pair in the NHL right now." Maybe he wouldn't admit it, but he will when his career is over. Yeah, it's just the D. You know, they they need to make some additions on defense. The teams that have good decors right now are like, air quotes, surprising everyone. Like Vegas, great decor. They're winning a lot. You know that kind of goes with a lot of teams. Colorado, good decor. They win. It's it's a theme. Having defense helps a whole
2: bunch. So they got Colorado, who's zero and three, desperate. And then Thursday, Columbus, yeah. uh, sorry, Columbus. Uh, and then Thursday they wild. walk into the, oh, the wild. wild, who, who got right. off to a zero and three start.
1: And goals. a very good team, 20, too. 20 goals in their first three games they've allowed, the, the Wild. It's going to be a tough one for the Canucks,
3: because the Wild are not going to be that team all year. And then I uh, they go
2: home to Buffalo.
3: Okay. I'm going to give them that one.
2: We're going to give them that one? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mind Buffalo, guys. I think are no, there's, there's, there's some nights where you're just going to go. Uh, they, just no, they, they just don't have it tonight. Elite
3: guys or whatever. But there's but...
2: going to be other nights when they're going to. Mm-hmm. A few of them are going to drag you into a fight. So I want to talk about the
3: the things the Canucks are saying about the Canucks. And we have Bruce Boudreaux, do we not, on uh, the Canucks struggling?
5: Oh, I think right now, I mean, mentally weak would be... Uh, A good assessment, I think. Like, I mean, uh, instead of when you're on a roll, you're waiting for good things to happen. When you're in something like this, you're waiting for something bad to happen. I mean, it's a, uh, that's the natural portion of it.
2: Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm I'm okay with what he's trying to say. I just wouldn't, I I wouldn't have put the two words together, mentally weak.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Three games into the season, he called his team mentally weak. Wow. Seems a bit excessive.
2: All I hear, I think, is, I, I think it, it it spoke to the point that he was trying to make that when you when you lose, you lose confidence, and mm-hmm. that makes you. But they that they've been losing for a month. They lost a couple of games. That's one of those where I think if you're Jimmy Rutherford or the owner, you're like, oh, don't don't you, describe my our team as yeah.
3: mentally weak. And aren't you the guy who's supposed to make them not mentally weak? Isn't that? The coaching part of things, so yeah, it's not. That's tough. Yeah. All I hear is Boudreau from that uh, road to the Winter Classic saying, "You can't just want it; you have to go out there and f and want it." It's like what?
2: See, and, and <laughs> uh, you know, he he he's another one like Kyle. Asked for an extension, was told no, but in this instance, they decided after some lengthy time to bring him back. Well,
3: didn't he have a year left on the deal? Or, or is that he mistaken? Had, he, had,
2: he had this year. Okay, this and year. And he asked for one more. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Usually, well, we'll see how it goes. anyone that isn't fired would automatically get a, a parachute year. Not that it would send any type of message that you you've got now new security... It's just one of those. If we let you go and you don't find a job right away, at least you got some income coming in. Right.
3: There's only 32 positions. Yes.
2: But now these guys are in a position that, uh, you know, they may be out of work following year. We're not really worried for a guy
3: they kept three games in, though.
2: Yeah, we are. I am 100%. That's a a kooky organization, um, you know, starting from the very top. Yeah. And very emotional. And very uh, Mm knee-jerk. And if you hesitated on Bruce Boudreau and then decide to bring him back without extending him, I I think he... You know, everybody's talking about Lindy Ruff here in Jersey being on a short leash. Yeah, you're right. Not having Uh, the extra year makes him a lot easier to get Putting another loss on top of uh, a team that's winless, like Columbus, I, I think would really the heat on Bruce Boudreaux. Wow,
3: just crazy given how when he took over last year, Bruce, there it is. The Canucks rally, I tough know. start. They almost make playoffs.
2: But, but you know, they look Bruce, like a different team. There he is. Can't get a, a one-year extension. Mm-hmm. It's almost that's, like they don't a, see
3: themselves as cu- uh, cup contenders, so they didn't want to, you know, they'll bring in the next guy for that or something.
2: And somebody explained to me the thinking of keeping... J T Miller and signing him to that huge deal, and then not being sure on Bo Horvat. Like, if you go J T Miller, then you you gotta you gotta go Bo Horvat on an extension. Do you not?
4: I don't know. How come it's
2: not that? Just so you're saying you believe in the core, so pay the core. That's your keep your guys. Well, you're. You're in on that kind of win now mode with the JT this Miller is the signing. This
3: team has been halfway for years now. They're not bad enough to tank, but they're not good enough to go for it. They're just kind of in
1: that murky middle, which is the worst case scenario, really. Well, they got they had they were hot. Remember they were hot in the bubble. They I mean, didn't they beat Vegas. They beat, yeah, they beat. So, oh, no, they went to seven games with Vegas. They beat somebody else in the bubble, and Demko was unbelievable. Yeah, they, bubble Demko became a word. And everyone thought that they were maybe a little further ahead. So
3: they have a players-only meeting after
2: the third game of the season. That has to be an record. NHL record. Unheard of. Usually that's... Fastest player-only <laughs> uh, meeting to start a season. Yeah, and they asked... Three ask... games.
3: <laughs> they asked Bruce about it, They're like, what he thought, and he said something to the effect of, like, that's never good. Never good, but in my experience with players only meetings, it's almost always later in the season when you're sick of the coach and it's like f this guy we're not you know you know we're not doing it for him, but we all still have careers here. we need to find it within ourselves it's that it can't be that after three games with Bruce when they were so good at the end of last season. there's no way they're already like you know to heck with Bruce, so I don't believe that I feel like this is a harmless player's only meeting where the guys are just like. What is going on in here? Do we need to have a chit-chat,
2: boys? pederson has been good. But outside of that, um, I don't think he's had, I don't think anyone else is off to, like, really good starts.
3: I just, they're they're asking so much of their good players. Quinn Hughes played 30 minutes last night.
2: That's just ridiculous.
3: 30 minutes in the first half of a back-to-back.
2: Did you see Connor Sheary kind of blow by everybody on the the game winner last night? Mm -hmm. And he took a lot of heat for that, too. But he's never going to be a, a great defender. I mean, we know what he's best at.
3: Yeah, which is why they got him taped to Luke Shin, but that's not a solution necessarily.
2: I don't know. I don't
3: know your experience. Do you ever have any players-only meetings over your yeah, years that were... I don't mind them. Yeah. I don't
2: mind them, but guess what? When we all go out for dinner, it's kind of a player-only meeting. Right. And when we go for beers, it's all players-only. Like, it's, it's kind of... Kind of like you know, showy. Showy. It's It's, kind of like just the
3: leadership group. You like we're trying to do something. Yes.
2: Here's ooh. Once the media finds out, player-only meeting. It's like ooh. Now they're really serious. Yeah. But there's constant times when I I get it. You're you're not going out to dinner with twenty guys, and you can get everybody in the room. Mm -hmm. And trust me, there's only really five guys in there that lead the charge, and everybody else is too scared to say anything. Well, you know, it's funny, though. Their
3: Often there's one guy who shouldn't talk who does. And yes. everyone's like, shut up, Mike. Yeah. The captains um, are talking. Uh,
2: <laughs> you know you only played four and a half <laughs> yeah. minutes last night. Oh, no, wait. You Dude. were a healthy scratch.
3: Do you remember when Garrett Sparks in the media, like, gave it to oh, the Leafs about God. their effort? And everyone's like, no.
2: <laughs> yeah, after no, they lost. Even if you're right, you don't
3: get to <laughs> they do They lost that.
1: six nothing that night. and He was in that.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're going to, our next player meeting only is going to be on you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <Guess> <laughs> that's who's the that's, topic the, of the next one. where we're going with it.
1: Um, another note, another Canadian team that, uh, Eric Angle tweeted out today that Canadians carry price is scheduled to speak with the media on Monday, October 24th. It's uh, a formal just, uh, retirement. I'll
2: think about, uh, but there's, there's really no reason, first of all, to ever formally retire. So it's gotta be more than that. You understand that if you officially retiring you stop getting paid so yeah you sign your not papers that. you're you're not getting paid there's there's nobody ever does that anymore
3: what if he's waving a no trade clause and explaining why he's doing oh it? my
2: god no that's not <sighs> Kerry calling a press conference to do that that's that the be, team i'm taking my talents to south beach right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know i it, it's a tough time for him uh he did speak publicly about his challenges about mm. how surgery would be a long shot to get himself better yeah um, you know
3: it, it could be not that he's sad. formally announcing retirement but just announcing that he's been lti retired he's not able to
1: play so that's a, it was gonna do you think he ever plays again i don't I, I think he's done yeah me too
2: i think he's done yeah
1: hall of famer first ballot uh no I, I not know. first
2: ballot for me
3: I, I don't I mean, know. He's, he's got, got a, a heart MVP, trophy, yeah.
1: MVP. Mm-hmm.
2: And a gold medal. Yeah. And uh I don't know, lots of all stars and stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah. But you know, and I he's he's been amazing and he's he has. he's helped them hell be of a career. Way better than at times they should have been. Mm-hmm. But took him to the cup finals a year, they didn't if, really if, have much. If he had the same career in Columbus, would you be super excited about him? I don't
1: know. Maybe, I think so. <laughs> the year <laughs> I think he, I, think I would still. The year he won the MVP, he was forty-four and sixteen with a one-nine-six goals against and a nine-three-three save percentage and nine shutouts. Ooh, some doggy. S- some people
2: blame Chris Kreider. For starting all of this, do you remember that collision? He ran into him, yeah. 2014, I think. The
1: biggest, maybe one of the biggest whoopsies of all time. That's at a Kipper and uh, Fiersy.
2: Kipper, Easy. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> I didn't bring this up so you can drag me into this thing. So stop it right there. I'm done, I'm done. Stop it right there. But some suggest that's where it all started for him. This Crater was the bullet train in that video you and I just watched in Japan. Which, you know, at the end of the day, is probably better than. Matt Murray disappearing for warm up, yeah. You know, at least there's an incident. I mean, that one was is really what year that really was really
1: strange. Was that 2014, 2015 when that happened? Yeah, 2014, I think. Who remembers that stuff? Well, I'm just looking at I his just numbers. Remember here. the charge into Carey Price? Yeah, I'm just re- remembering it, and I'm looking at his numbers after that. Ah, and they were never the same.
3: Right, that makes sense. Like right. the next,
1: the next year he played 12 games and he had a nine three four. 923, and then it's 900, 918, 909, 901, 878. It just kind of steady downhill after that. And that's aging, too, but there could be something to that. For sure. So tonight, um, are we good on turning the page
3: up? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Tonight in Ottawa, the Boston Bruins, who are 3-0. and go- Okay,
2: I'm sorry, but I'm watching Boston last night. I'm watching Jake DeBrusque. Yeah. Look like a rock star. Did you watch Jake last <laughs> How night?
3: How about this guy? Just like, yeah, I'm not getting traded now. I'm going to be a full-on Bruin. Yeah, the Bruins are the Bruins again, right? They, they are. Yeah, we thought they were well, going to this they, year. No, I, suck I didn't see year. it, though,
1: Kipper.
2: Oh, he was good. Yeah.
1: He was really good.
3: And so, yeah, they're 3-0. They're, they're rolling along. They go into Ottawa tonight. Ottawa tonight, Tuesday night, standing room only to get tickets. They have a deal where... Uh, beers before the game, I think, in the parking lot, and the first 5,000 fans wearing Sens gear get cowbells. like they got a whole mojo going here, the Sens. Good. (laughs) Better way. The 2 Sens are rolling.
2: Yeah, you're right. Good. I agree. And just play hard, keep them excited, keep them engaged, and uh, just hope that you can hang in there come February or March. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on that. And one last
3: thing I wanted to ask you about uh, was the Jack Campbell start. And if you have any concerns about Campbell and just what Edmonton has signed themselves up for, given his second half last year. I
2: I think he's a good goalie. And I think uh, there's a lot of character in his opening game to shut the door uh, against Vancouver, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Where Vancouver got off to a heck of a start. So I think he'll be fine, but will it be enough for Edmonton to, to look at the, that blue line as well and go, you know, Jack's going to bail you out with a, a blue line that, I don't know. I mean, yeah, right outside now, of Darnell Nurse, what's what, what what's there? Well, right now the pairs are Darnell Nurse with Cody Ceci. Yeah, is Cody Ceci a frontline defenseman? Oh, no. A top-pairing D-man. D- no. But they love but, him. But they we're, we're, we're going to expect him to be one for the Edmonton Oilers, who are supposed to contend for a Stanley Cup. Ryan
3: Murray and Evan Bouchard. Brett Kulak and Tyson Berry. That's the way they're set up right now. And Kulak was the one that blew a wheel on Kadri yes. Saturday night? Yes. I felt
2: horrible for him. Yeah,
3: I mean, that happens. That's not like yeah. Kulak's no, a guy no, no, who no, can't no, skate no, or no, something.
2: No. Yeah, I I'm not. that's not the reason why I brought him no, up. No, no, I know. But I'm just, I, I, come on. Yeah. That's not a uh, that's not a contending blue line. No.
3: No, it's not. And that's why the Battle of Alberta, I give the edge to Calgary. Interesting hearing uh, Francis, by the way, mention that like Huberto so far is, eh, you know, not overly impressed by him. I, I do think, I though, that it's the D that separates them in
2: Edmonton. Some in Florida thought, uh, nice player, but... About Uyghur? No. Oh, so Huberto. Oh, Huberto. Yeah. yeah. He had a, like a record-breaking year, but some in florida thought he was soft
3: boy I, yeah it would be really surprising because i mean he was talked about in the Hart trophy race for a while last year ton of points big guy. guy yeah great vision just just not like a natural goal scorer but it'll be interesting would he
2: end up with 115 points yeah something i think that sounds right you know he may never reach that you know in his career ever again i was like one of those maybe just career years yeah I mean, granted, you'll you'll still take 95 right. all day long.
3: But I did forget how good that line was last year, as in the best line in the NHL with Kachuk. So, big shoes to fill.
2: All right. Just like that. Yep. Our show's done. Our thanks to Gord Stellick. Our thanks to Eric Francis. Wherever you're watching and listening, thanks for joining us. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube if you're still around. Why is it when the Leafs lose or lose bad, we get the most watchers on YouTube? Sammy, why is that?
3: All of them.
1: That's Leaf fans in a nutshell, baby.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right, see you tomorrow. Regardless, we're, we're glad you're watching. Talk to you tomorrow.